Are you ready for a travel adventure? How about an exciting trip to Venice or an exhilarating experience in Bangkok? Maybe you were more about a culinary adventure in Barcelona or just a relaxing day cruising the canals of Amsterdam. Join the Professor Travel as he invites you on an epic excursion, one that has you traveling the globe with him. Come and experience a world of culture, a world of history and architecture, a world of food and experiences to broaden your mind and save you time and money as you travel. Learn more, discuss more, travel more, and enjoy life more. And now your host, The Professor Travel. Greetings, students, and welcome to the special edition of The Professor Travel Domestic Edition. I am your host, The Professor Travel, coming to you from Orange County, California. This is the website, the vlog, and the podcast that you come to in order to learn more about different travel destinations. This is where you come as a community in order to discuss more. Hopefully, this will inspire you to travel more when we're able to do so and enjoy life more. Now, you can reach me on a variety of different social media platforms, including but not exclusive to my website, which is at theprofessortravel.com. You can reach me on YouTube, on Facebook, and now on TikTok at The Professor Travel. If you're an Instagrammer, you can find me on Instagram at The underscore Professor underscore Travel. If you're on Twitter, you can find me there at The Professor TR1. And then finally, if you're a blogger, you can find me on Blogspot at TheProfessorTravel.blogspot.com. Today, I am pleasured to have a returning visiting professor of ours, uh, Dr. Sherry Weiss-Russell. How are you doing today, Sherry? I'm good. Thank you, Scott. How are you? I'm well. Thank you so much for coming back and discussing Connecticut with us. It's really been awesome to have you. Uh, we've, we've talked several times over, mm-hmm. uh, but for my students who have not had an opportunity to look at one of your previous videos, can you maybe give me a little bit about your credentials, maybe some of your educational background and maybe some places that you've traveled before? Sure. Um, so I have a PhD in public health. I have a master's in public administration and I'm also a credentialed alcohol and substance abuse counselor in the state of New York. Okay. Um, and I have tra- actually traveled a great deal. Um, both uh, it, uh, I've traveled to uh, several countries, including Mexico. Uh, I lived in Mexico City actually for about a year. Um, I've, and then I've traveled to parts of Mexico. I've traveled to lots of parts of Canada. Um, and um, and I have actually driven through many, many times and visited. Um, 47 of the lower 48 states and seven Canadian provinces because I wasn't over the road trucker for about four and a half years. And I got to see a lot of this beautiful country. That's awesome. I really appreciate that. Um, Especially because it's one of those things that, you know, especially right now with the pandemic, I think a lot of people are really interested in knowing more about domestic travel and understanding a little Mm -hmm. bit more about the highways and byways of America while they, you know, are kind of restricted from, you know, flying and doing a lot of things that maybe they would normally do during their vacation times. I think you're absolutely right. I think more people are doing road trips, um, RVing, like it's, and I, I think it's great because it, one of the things I loved when I was trucking was just how beautiful this country was and how much there is to see and how much more I want to see when I get the chance to like not be in a 72 foot vehicle and, you know, just a, a something smaller that can park and, and go to places. And um, it, it really is. It's just a, a beautiful country. And now is the best time to go look at things. And, and before we get started, speaking of radiant and beautiful, I I know this is a little bit of an older picture of you, but you've lost some weight. How much have you Uh, lost? uh, I have lost 23 pounds. Very nice. Congratulations to you on that. Awesome job. Thank you. 
Thank you. Go keto. My advice <laughs> <Go> to everybody. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So our conversation today is about this great state of Connecticut. So in order to get that started, let's talk a little bit about the history of Connecticut. Now, it's been obviously one of the founding um, you know, 13 colonies, but talk mm-hmm. to me a little bit about what you know about just some of the older history of this great state of Connecticut. Well, I know that um, that uh, because it's one of the 13 colonies, um, there was, uh, you know, this, the the birth of government, like uh, it was one of the states that our government, our original government was formed. Um, and there's a large agricultural community, which um, that was the primary trade, if I'm not mistaken, uh, for Connecticut for a long, long time. There was a lot of agriculture um, that was really the economic driver of the of the state, at least, it, you know, when it when it was first became a colony and then eventually a state. I know there's um, some great educational institutions that have been founded. Yale University mm-hmm. was uh, was founded in uh, in Connecticut. Um, and that's pretty much what I know for the older history. Okay. And in terms of more recent history, it seems like um, while there is still a growing agricultural hub there, especially like things like apples and and, and the like, there is uh, a very thriving uh, insurance and banking industry in the great state of Connecticut as well. And I think that's more of a, you know, relatively mm-hmm. recent history piece, like you were saying. I think a lot of the older stuff moved into the agricultural wing, but now it's like more, you know, driven towards administrative services and and the like. Having a problem with my internet. Hang on just a sec. Okay. No problem. I got you. Trying to get, sorry, my internet was, my internet was being a little funny, but I think we're okay. All right. I got you. This happens with our internet. Okay, okay, no problem. But yeah, I was just I was just commenting that I think that the more recent uh, the more recent uh, history of Connecticut in terms of their their services are really geared more towards insurance and uh, banking and things such as that. So just I was just commenting on that piece. Yeah, but, absolutely. So let's yeah, just I move. think that's been the oh, you know yeah. um, this. No, go Sorry, no, go right I was ahead. Say, I think that's been. Um, Okay, I think that's been one of the, um, uh, you know, uh, new developments because uh, banking, insurance, medical—that's that's a thriving, um, that's a thriving business that I think has come to Connecticut in the since the 1950s and stayed. Um, I also know there's like Xerox. Uh, you, there's a lot of um, large businesses. Uh, international businesses that have sort of made their home in Connecticut. When I when I grew up there, my my father worked for Xerox and Cheeseboro Ponds, and so um, they that's where a lot of those businesses have um, started and stayed um, as part of the again as part of the economy of the state. Wonderful. Now let's talk about some of the geography of the area. It's lush. It's beautiful. Yes. It definitely has yes. a lot of changing seasons. Um, it looks gorgeous. I have a couple of pictures on here. By the way, if you're listening on a podcast, please feel free to come over to the YouTube channel. Again, it's free. Don't you, you can find me on there at The Professor Travel. And you can see some of these wonderful pictures that I have here for you as well. Um, a couple I, I have listed here um, look like forested areas, a lot of um, you know rural farming communities along the riverbanks. Things like that. It just looks. It just looks really quite lovely. Do you happen to know the immediate states, by the way, that surround mm-hmm. Connecticut? Yeah, 
It's first of all, it, I just want to say you're right. It is beautiful because there are. Um, it's also a. Um, it has a seaport. It has you know, so it's connected to the Atlantic Ocean. But then it's got these gorgeous mountains. It has incredible lakes, and then yeah, it is an absolutely beautiful. Very there's a lot of woodland. It's like one of the. I, I remember you know when you when you drive through. I have family that still lives there, and when you go and drive through, it's a lot of like these winding roads through wooded, very very wooded areas, and it's, it's absolutely gorgeous, especially in the fall. Um, it is. Uh, it abuts actually uh, one part of the state abuts New York, so they're right. And, and actually, it's it's. Um, super connected to the New York City. Like a lot of folks will live in uh, Connecticut, uh, in Fairfield County and just commute to the city by train, by bus, or, you know, some people are brave enough to drive and handle the traffic. But um, but it is uh, a truly, um, you know, it's it's so close, parts of it are so close to New York City that it makes it an extremely um, desirable place to live, which um, also makes it, uh, the housing market is quite expensive in, in a lot of the areas. And then um, it's also up against Massachusetts, um, which is another beautiful New England state. So this, Connecticut is located in the area of the country we call New New England and New England has a lot of culture and a lot of um, uh, weather and things like that that are kind of similar in those states. So it's Massachusetts, Connecticut, and I, I'm sorry, Massachusetts, New York, and I can't remember if it's abutting New Jersey, but it might also be abutting New Jersey on the entire, um, on the on the on all of the borders of the state. I remember when I was working for a university up in that area, I I did have to drive occasionally because of training needs. Um, from New Jersey, but I would go through New York and then up okay. to up to Connecticut. I wasn't sure if Vermont touched it at all, or maybe I'm thinking of the wrong. I think area. Vermont. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, Vermont, Massachusetts, and New York are kind of the big state. The like states just that are bordering it. Yep. Okay. Cool. All right. Well, let's talk about the weather in the area. Um, there are there are some. I mean, for the again, it's one of those areas of this of the U.S. where you definitely get all of the seasons. It's really quite lovely, yes. but occasionally you will get some inclement, inclement weather. Um, I've, I've, I've heard tornadoes will sometimes touch they, down yeah. there. Yes, they will. Um, there were, are sometimes there are tornadoes. Um, there are blizzards. Uh, the snowfall can be, um, really deep, like really high. Um, and I think it has to do with, because, uh, because it's, it, it it's on the, uh, on the, on the ocean parts of the state are on the Atlantic ocean. The weather fronts, especially when they when we have these so-called nor'easters, when the when the weather is circling back around and coming back in, it comes right over New England, and New England typically gets a tremendous amount of snow. Interestingly enough, though, it's more of a temp it's more temperate than say New York. Um, you don't get the the deep deep cold that you do in some of the more northern states or northwestern states. Um, or northeastern states, you you get, um, you know, it, the 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 weather doesn't get like super frigid. You might you'll get into single digits maybe on occasion, but generally it stays in the teens and twenties during the winter. Um, but like I said, you'll get um, huge amounts of snow sometimes um, because of the way those weather patterns work. But also the summers are really hot. Um, usually pretty dry, except on those, those odd times when we have a, a wet, what you call it, you know, a wet summer, but generally the summers are um, not only very warm, but they're also long. We tend to get our, the summers go a little bit longer in, in Connecticut and in, in the general New England area than they do in, um, some of the more interior states. Wonderful. 
All right. So now let's talk about mm. the culture of the great state of Connecticut. Um, in terms of religion, um, you know, when I think of when I think of especially a lot of the thirteen colonies, I tend to think of mm. the founding fathers, and you know, most of them were deists. Quakers. Yeah, Quakers yeah. Uh, and things like that. So it was like you have a lot of the older uh, sects of whether it's Christianity or. Um, or non-religion, you know, at, at, mm-hmm. and it was 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 in that in that general time frame. Uh, you do tend to get things. Uh, I don't know if there's a huge population of um, uh, uh, Amish or anything. I think that I, I know that there's some, um, especially in the like New Jersey and Pennsylvania area, but I don't. Yeah, know those are the right. Amish and the Mennonites. Um, mm-hmm. Connecticut does have, I think, more of the. If, if there's probably more of like the leaning towards that Quaker type of. Um, faith um, or belief system. I don't, I'm trying to recall myself in my travels, but I don't remember seeing a lot of that, but probably in the rural areas is a little bit more of that sort of um, that, that theology is, is more prevalent. Um, There is a large Jewish population in Connecticut, um, uh, uh, very large, larger than uh, probably second only to New York city. Um, Because, and again, because a lot of folks who like, for example, settled, the Jews came in over um, Ellis Island in New York and then moved, out to Connecticut and New Jersey and settled there. So um, there is a large Jewish population, um, more so than I, I see in like areas of upstate New York or in other um, states. Uh, so and and then it is a very diverse state. So there are all other you know faiths are represented there, and um, and I think it it depends on the. Um, you know, like what populations are there because they have a rural community. They do have migrant farm workers and migrant populations. And a lot of those uh, tend to be Christian in nature, um, but some have other, other belief systems that they'll follow. Excellent. Now, in terms of the art community, um, I tend to think of Connecticut as being a place where, um, you know, there are, there are a love, a lovely amount of museums and, and, and the mm-hmm. like, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to think of any major actors or singers. Oh, or- Paul Newman. Paul Newman. Um, I, I actually got a chance to sort of meet him um, because when I was a teenager and I, I worked at a place called Stu Leonard's, which is the world's largest dairy store. They're very famous. He came in for something. And I remember him asking help. He asked for help to pick figs. He said, my wife needs figs. And he was asking for someone to help him. Um, and, you know, he lived in Westport, uh, Connecticut. And I used to drive by where his property was, um, uh, you know, and it was not a big deal. For, to see Paul Newman out and about then, you know, in those smaller, so we used to call those bedroom communities, those rural sort of um, middle to up, middle upper class communities. Um, now, like where I live, now the houses go for millions instead of, you know, a hundred thousand, but, uh, but it still was, you know, a place where a lot of the um, famous people of, uh, because they would work in New York city at the studios and uh, and live in Connecticut where it was a little bit quieter, um, so we saw that a lot. So yeah, there's and there's a few others uh, famous folks that are from Connecticut. Yeah, it's not a huge commute to get from New York to Connecticut. It's I, I remember it, Yeah, it was like coming from someone who lives in Southern California. I live in Orange County, and for me to get to LAX in Los Angeles, it's probably about 45 minutes anyway. So it's not yeah. like I'm pretty much driving East Coast states every yeah. single day, and I don't even realize it because California is so huge and, and geography. Yes, and 
a very bit of something to think about in terms of how uh, Connecticut works versus the highway systems of New York or LA. They use parkways in uh, the Merritt Parkway is actually one of the parkways. I'll take you right into the city. So there are parkways in Connecticut. That's those are um, two lane highways, but trucks are forbidden. So um, if you want to drive a truck through Connecticut, you have to be on like I ninety five. Um, or, you know, any of the other like 95 connectors, but you can't drive a truck on a parkway. So that was very popular. People who were commuting, didn't want to be around trucks. They didn't want to, and, and trucks are hard on roadways. So the parkways are easier to maintain if it's just car traffic. Excellent. Now, in terms of the language in the area, I imagine it's, I'm almost exclusively English. There's no, but there's not like French influence or anything from like no. Canada or anything like that comes down. Not that I know of, um, but I do know, you know, I would guess the other language probably is Spanish due to the migrant populations that work with the farm communities. Okay. So uh, I would say English is prevalent and then Spanish. And um, I don't know if there's a large Asian influence or not in Connecticut. Um but that would be my my guess as a third language would be uh, maybe Mandarin or um, Cantonese. Okay, perfect. And then one of my favorite topics, uh, food and diet. And now, what are these two things I'm seeing on the screen? Uh-huh. The thing, what's that thing in the roll? Two of my there? favorites. Uh, the lobster roll, a famous New England uh, sort of staple. So like in New York State, we have speedies. Um, you hear about those or you hear about certain types of subs or hoagies or whatever they call them. Well, in New England, especially in Connecticut, we love our lobster roll. And a lobster roll is um, because lobsters are a, a big source of protein for the um, folks on the ocean. So Massachusetts, Connecticut are very, you know, have large fishing communities. And so they can get the lobsters right out there on the Atlantic Ocean and bring them in fresh. So that's what makes it really um, popular. And they developed those, I don't know when, but I remember having them all the time and just loving. Um, seafood actually is like really, really big in Connecticut because of the fact that there's, it's it's abutting an ocean. And, and um, so they have access to those proteins. Um, and then the other thing that they're very big on, so there's a lot of farms. Well, there's a lot of apple orchards. Um, Connecticut apples are uh, something that is uh, popular across the country. It's one of the main places that um, the apples that are in your grocery stores come from. Um, and uh, apple cider, there's a there's some great cider mills in Connecticut. And uh, the app, Connecticut apple cider is is right on par with, with I'd say, New York. <laughs> Excellent. One of the other things I happen to notice in my research also, and I'll, I'll share this with the students, um, the Pez Candy Company, if ever, if ever you, when you were growing up, you had these little Pez dispensers that had little caricatures on top. Um, so they were, uh, they were outside the U.S. and then they patriated into the U.S., I think in the early 1970s. And it, it turns out that they took up residence in the great state of Connecticut, and that's where Pez is manufactured from now. So just a little trivia point out that there as so well. That's so cool. It is really cool. Um, and now in terms of sports, uh, so I, I've interviewed people previously uh, from New Hampshire and Rhode Island. And, you know, it, it seems like, like you had made mention, the New England area basically has sports teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, there is still a couple of local teams like the Connecticut Huskies and the like. But yes. it really seems like for if you're looking for baseball, you're going to go with either New York or Boston, you know, or, or whatever the case is. You're going to decide on is the Patriots, but I will say this: I think it's the college teams that really get the focus uh, with um, Connecticut. So you know, Yale and UConn, so University of Connecticut, 
those are two, um, I believe, uh, Division One teams, uh, both male and female. So that's where I think um, where when we talk about sports, uh, we're really talking about the college teams, and 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 then otherwise, like you said, it's kind of like the New England Patriots, who are kind of like everybody's team when it came to football. Otherwise, like you said, you're, if you're in New York and you're talking uh, Mets, Yankees, Giants, Jets. Yep, exactly. And then to the best of your knowledge, are there any state holidays that are distinguishable from the the federal holidays? Yeah. I don't think so. I don't recall any um, that I'm in my knowledge. Um, Not at all. Um, I don't think so. Uh, I'm trying to, I don't think there's anything like, you know, that's, that's just Connecticut uh, in terms of um, any kind of observed holiday. That's okay. We're cool. Now, in terms of the population of the great state of Connecticut, it's at 3.5 million for such a Mm -hmm. small area. It really boggles my mind, but then I reflect on, okay, I live in Orange County, California, and we are about the size of the great state of Connecticut and we about have that same population. So yeah, it, it's, it makes sense to me now that I put it into context, but then, you know, you know, I'm seeing some of these red areas, which are the heavily populated mm-hmm. areas. And I think we're probably seeing Stanford and Hartford in there. Stanford, uh, Hartford. Yeah. The big cities have mm-hmm. of extreme population density. I mean, um, Hartford and uh, New Haven, Mm-hmm. And um, Stanford all have, you know, large, large urban based populations. And then as you start to get outside those areas, it's all very rural, very spread out. And, and that's where the uh, agricultural um, uh, populations are, are based. Excellent. Now, in terms of the companies and the general economy mm-hmm. in the area, I mean, I, I came across several major employers within the area. Um, obviously, you know, General Dynamics and uh, the Hartford Insurance Company, Aetna, huge one, uh, Yale, uh, New Haven Health, uh, Travelers Insurance, ESPN has a service over there. Um, yeah. source, I mean, there's just a ton. Foxwood, Mohegan Sun. Mohegan yes. Sun is another big uh, casino business resort that is very uh, popular in a big big driver in the economy now. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, yeah. And there's a lot of, and then the universities I think contribute greatly. So yeah, Yale, you know, the, more, the more I'm looking into different States, I am really surprised. Uh, and, and this is my learning experience that I've noticed as I've gone from state to state, it seems like some of the biggest employers in a lot of the States, especially the smaller States are definitely in the medical area and or definitely in the mm-hmm. universities. Those are huge employers right. as you get into the different states. So I'm really quite surprised. But are, are, are there any and major other ones that I've left off here that you can think of? Uh, I'm thinking about the hospitals <laughs> and systems. Mm-hmm. Uh, Yale Teaching Hospital. Um, uh, I, th- I believe, if I'm not mistaken, that Connecticut actually has a couple of large teaching hospital and hospital systems there that um, are, are again, like I said, because the medical community is a big driver of economy. Um, and I believe that there's um, some, some like the Yale Medical is, uh, is another big part of the economy. Excellent. So that being said, let's move into travel and transportation. Now, mm-hmm. being, being a former trucker, you've had mm-hmm. the ability to go over the different roads there. You're familiar with the parkways yep. as well. Um, how would you how would you say the infrastructure is, is, is set up is there compared to other states? 
I think it's very different um, where a lot of states have, um, you know, you hear about rural routes. So, for example, in New York State, a lot of our rural routes, you're driving through farmland. And so it's very like open, open land that you're driving through in some of these rural routes. And then, of course, you have major, major highway systems and multiple ones in states like New York and California. You've got multiple interstate sec, uh, um, structures or infrastructure. In Connecticut, you really don't. Uh, they have the parkways. They have I-95, which is the major interstate that goes through around through the state, um, and some probably loops like a 295 or 495. Um, but then, the the when you're driving through these these communities, and I'm not even talking the rural farm communities. I'm talking like uh, Fairfield County um, and and uh, Southbury, Connecticut, and Danbury, where my family is located, um, you drive through and it's like these very, like I said, heavily wooded roads. Um, and, I, you know, the joke when I was growing up was there were no street signs. So nobody, like, you just had to know where you were going. And we didn't have GPS back then because I'm old. So, oh, you God. know, they had, <laughs> they had um, you know, you would just know, like my, my stepmother would joke, it's like the third oak tree on the left, you know, because there were really very few street signs. It was very weird in those like smaller communities. It was just, you just kind of knew what the roads were and how to get from point A to point B. But the roadways are, um, you know, single lane. And absolutely gorgeous. Again, you're going through these like wooded, very um, country settings, really beautiful um, and very um, a little bit of curvy. Um, I think they're challenging to clear in the winter, but they managed to do it. And then, you know, these are the more um, outside the city areas. When you're in the city, you're, you're dealing with your standard city layout, which is, I think, very similar to any other city in the country. But I definitely feel like the roadways are much different. They just, it's just because what they did is they, they created these roadways over, you know, the original, you know, paths or, you know, travel routes that were used to get from one place to another in, in the state. And as the states grew and population settlements grew, they just, when they finally built, um, you know, the, the, con the uh, roadways with pavement, um, they, they just kind of paved right over them. Um, sometimes I think they've even paved over old like rail lines and made those into roadways. So there's also, that is another thing. There's a, there's a lot more, um, train access a railway access than in a lot of other states um all throughout the uh, the state of connecticut rail railway is still a very big mode of travel and a very big mode of um moving commerce moving goods and uh, back and forth what i have noticed is i don't you know outside of the city areas what you don't get like you will get in um in areas of like new york and in california the bus system is i think a little different i i don't think that they are uh, the 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 really far rural areas don't have um, the level of bus service that we have in other areas? Yeah, um, any major airports or uh, ocean ports that you can think of? That so there's yeah there's well there's Mystic Seaport, but I don't think there's an ocean port. I do know also that there is a small air there's an there's a airport. Um, I want to say it's in Hartford. Um, there is a, a an, an airport that people fly in and out of. But interestingly enough, if you're flying, like when I lived in Fairfield County, if you were flying anywhere, you just drove into the city and went out of JFK or LaGuardia. And that's yeah. pretty much what most folks do. Um, I'm going to guess on certain, depending on where you are in the state, you might go to Boston to um, to fly out um, if you're more on the west, uh, northwestern part of the state. But if you're in the middle to the, to the eastern part of the state, you're going to go to the city. 
And just out of curiosity, are there any amusement parks that are in the area that you are familiar with, or do you have to go outside the state for that? Actually, I think there's a couple, but I know there's a Six Flags that's oh. in Connecticut. Okay, and cool. then I, I think there's another, like, uh, like I can't remember the name of it. There was, like, a famous amusement park. Um, there's, the, you know, one of the things that's known for is, like, there's lakes like Candlewood Lake. <laughs> and um, and uh, so it's well known for that. There's some beautiful places to boat, go boating and fishing, hiking. There's a ton of... Um, there's a lot of hiking, a lot of hiking. Excellent. Now, in terms of the state's government, um, mm-hmm. I was really kind of, well, first off, the state seal is a little bit different than other state seals. I, I'm used to seeing like the big round seal with the heraldic yeah. emblems and stuff like that. And it's like, this was kind of oval shaped and stuff like that. So I wasn't sure if it was supposed to be a republic at one point or if it was, uh, you know, how some states are, or some locations are uh, not states, but they're... Hamlets, provinces. Oh yeah, Provin- I like yeah. to call them settlements. Um, yeah, I believe it was uh, something to do with that in the um, in in the beginning. But then it became, you know, a very a pretty much a state government. Um, the towns, cities, and villages. Those are the breakdowns of the types of um, communities they have. Mm-hmm. Where you know some places call themselves parishes. Some people call themselves hamlets. Um, you won't see that in Connecticut. You'll see states, village, um, you'll see city, village, um, or town. Hmm. Okay. And for the most part, I think not only on the state level, but also on the federal level, everything is pretty much blue at this point. It's, it's democratic run. Yes. It's democratic. It's very democratic. Yep. yep. It's, it's one of those blue, you know, sort of always been a fairly liberal um, democratic leaning state. Excellent. Now, in terms of resources, the the big things that come to mind, obviously, we explained a few of them earlier, um, but another a couple of resources that the state is known for, um, cheese and dairy products are a huge thing there, as well as the lumber. Um, and that's probably because yep. of a lot of the um, you know, forested area. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Anything yeah. else that I'm that, that maybe I'm not thinking of that comes to mind, you know, um, well, I know, you know, when you, when you think of the smaller things like maple syrup, because they have a lot, they're, they're known for their maple syrup. Um, and like we said, we talked about the, the apple orchards, that's a big resource, but I think you're absolutely right. It's the dairy. Again, those rural areas where the agricultural communities are split between, um, you know, corn, hay, you know, those things, soybeans, and then uh, the dairy farms, dairy farms are really big in Connecticut. Um, I remember that back. One little fact about Connecticut, um, when you are 16, you can get a full state license, which is not the case in a lot of states, including New York. And that's because there's such a large agricultural community. The need was for families to have licensed drivers to be able to drive the tractors, the trucks, the vehicles that are required for the agricultural community. So they allowed 16-year-olds to get a full state license. So when I grew up in Connecticut, I was 16 and we moved to New York. I had a full state license when all the rest of my friends had to wait till they were 18. Wow. <laughs> that was really nice of them. <laughs> really yeah. nice of you to be able to, Hey, uh, Sherry, can you drive? Oh, yeah. Can I drive? Cause they didn't, there was no conditions. Like because I had a state license when I moved to New York, they didn't, even though I was 17, they allowed me to just transfer to a full state license. Fantastic. All right. And in terms of education, now uh, a couple of, a couple of examples, you know, of, of universities within the area that I came across, obviously central Connecticut state university has been around probably mm-hmm. the, one of the longest uh, before Yale uh, or around mm-hmm. the time of Yale. Uh, it's been there since the mid 1800s, uh, university of Connecticut, um, uh, mm-hmm. Connecticut College, uh, and then of course 
Yale is the big one that we, we had. Yale, yep. Um, and then, of any, course, all the fine community colleges. There's plenty of really good community colleges in Connecticut as well. Excellent. And then do you happen to know, in terms of the literacy rate, I would imagine that it's relatively high in the state of Connecticut. Mm-hmm. You know, there's not like a huge poverty yeah. index that I was able to come across. Uh, it seems like even the rural populations are fairly well-educated. Yes. Um, I think in terms of education, Connecticut actually rated very high in like the national rankings. And I remember that, you know, my parents talking about the fact and my brother who raises his kids, um, they're all, oh, he has one more left in high school. They talk about the fact that they have one of the best education systems, you know, in the nation. Um, I think um, it's, you're right. Uh, Connecticut itself is, I mean, all states have poverty and they have a homeless population. They have some poverty, especially in the urban areas and some in the rural areas, but um, as long as for the agricultural communities, as long as the you know crop prices are doing well, I can tell you that you know those those times when the dairy uh, shares, the milk shares were low, that was really impacting those dairy farms. Um, so they would struggle at times. But um, as I said before, the real estate is super expensive in almost every part of Connecticut. So um, I think that sort of raises the um, the cost of living and like you know income. what does it look like? The median income is much higher than yeah. a lot of other states and. I think you're right. The school systems really do an excellent job um, with the literacy rate, and and there is a fairly high literacy rate there. Excellent. And then finally, in terms of safety and security, um, I don't really, like, nothing really comes to mind in terms of any major foreign or domestic terrorism threats that I've been aware of, at least within the last several hundred years. Um, actually, um, and to actually think about it, other than their like sort of the uh, armories that are standard for like National Guard and, and Army Reserve and things like that, there are, uh, I'm trying to recall, but I don't believe there are any major military bases in Connecticut. I could be wrong. Uh, there might be a naval insta- installation that I'm, I'm forgetting about. Um, so I, somebody can call me on that. But there aren't, there's not a, so because there isn't like, we don't store nukes, we don't, you know, Connecticut doesn't have um, a ton of military targets, even the cities, as far as they're concerned, you know, in terms of economics, you know, it's where New York City has some, you know, World Trade Center and things that were obviously have been previous targets. Connecticut really doesn't have a lot. Um, the crimes, I think, are on par with population densities and 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 sort of um, you know population areas. Cities will have higher, you know, especially the the big urban areas will have a higher rate of crime. I think I will say this: drug trafficking is big because a lot of people use Connecticut to get into New York City. Um, so there's a lot of drug, and then going out in New York City and dis- and distributing. There's a lot of drug issues in terms of uh, trafficking. Um, anywhere there's a major highway, you're going to be dealing with human trafficking, drug trafficking, those kind of things. I'm sure the opiate epidemic has impacted Connecticut the same as it has so many other states. Yeah. Uh, but aside from that, you're right, in terms of a target and uh, a threat to national security, there really isn't anything. There are no, um, you know, all the the departments of defense and, and all those, you know, uh, uh, installations are all located in Maryland and DC yeah, exactly. or, or some of it's in New York city and some of it's in other, other spots of the country, but no, they're really there. As far as um, safety and security, I, I think Connecticut's probably one of the safest, more secure States to, to reside in or to visit. Okay. Well then let's leave this on a positive note then. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, in a quick, maybe one minute elevator speech, uh, talk to me about why do, okay, so I have a free ticket to fly to Connecticut. Why would I want to go there? What's there to do? 
oh, there's there's a ton to do. Connecticut has a lot of history. So if you're somebody who's interested in history, there's a ton to learn about. The Mystic Seaport is amazing and, and has a ton of history with it. Uh, if you're somebody who enjoys the outdoors, camping, hiking, of um, fishing, visiting the, the lakes are really some of the most beautiful in the country. Uh, if you enjoy a, a beautiful drive, if you just want to sort of explore the state, um, the, the parkways and the, ro the roads are absolutely just beautiful, very scenic. It's probably one of the most scenic states that I have ever visited. Um, and it's, again, that, that New England feel to it um, is just so wonderful. And, and there's a lot of culture and there's a lot to learn in Connecticut. And um, I think it would it actually is a great place to go and learn about how this country started because it was one of the original 13 colonies. I think you can really get a sense of how our country, how our country was formed, how the government was formed, how the populations and culture was formed and how we grew from there. Wonderful. Well, Sherry, it's always a pleasure talking with you. Thank you again so much for taking the time to speak with myself and my students. It's really appreciated. Well, thank you. I always enjoy doing this with you, Scott. And and I just want to thank everyone, if, if you're viewing this, that uh, to, for your interest. And um, I had a blast. So thank you. Oh, thank you so much. Now, for my students that are out there, if you have any questions or comments, you can certainly send them to me at scott at theprofessortravel.com. Uh, if you are on YouTube uh, right now, feel free to click that bell icon right above us in order to be notified about when new videos come out. If you haven't already done so, please feel free to subscribe. It doesn't cost anything, and we really, really appreciate it. Um, if you like this kind of content and you want to receive more of it, give us a thumbs up. We really appreciate that, too. And then finally, if you're on the podcast listening to us, feel free to rate us on Apple iTunes or whatever, you, whatever platform you use. Uh, we really appreciate that feedback as well. So until next time, my name is Scott. I am The Professor Travel, and make every day a travel adventure. Adventure. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye now. The Professor Travel is a broadcast from Orange County, California. A transcript of each podcast may be requested by contacting the Professor Travel at his website, theprofessortravel.com. For opportunities to work with the Professor Travel, feel free to contact Scott at theprofessortravel.com or contact us through YouTube, Instagram, or Facebook at The Professor Travel or Twitter at the Professor TR1. Make every day a great day to have a travel adventure.